wonder what success actually means? How do you get it? And how do you keep it? We all want it, yet sometimes it feels only some of us get to have it. Hi, Teresa and Blair here. We are two badass entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, coaches, and business mentors who have had success, felt success, questioned our own success, and reclaimed it. Let's be real for a hot minute. 2020 has been a roller coaster ride, and many of us have started to wonder if they'll lose the things that made them successful. So we got curious, raw and real, about what success is truly about. Can you put it in a box? How can you get it? Can people take it away, or are you the one with the power? Does it mean the same to all of us, or are we the ones that create it? From PGA golf pros to doctors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and spiritual mentors. We get together to meet with successful people from around the globe to dissect success through vibrant conversations and interviews. Make sure you click the subscribe button on the App Store because each week we will drop a new episode to bust through the myths around success and dissect its true meaning. Welcome back to another episode of Dissecting Success. It's me. Blair Kaplan Venables, and I'm here with Teresa Lambert, the one and only, and I am so excited because I have my friend Barbie here. Barbie is an international best you speaker going from the side to the main stage in six months based on fan feedback and 25 years of speaking engagements to New York Times. Sorry, sorry, I got this distracted. This is a different bio than I read last time because she is on a billboard in Times Square in New York, and so am I, and she she's actually on four billboards and she put it in her bio and I like I you know I know her and I just this is her new bio and I got sidetracked because I was like fuck yeah Barbie you're on a billboard times four she has a global tv channel on the best you tv called you are amazing where she interviews world thought leaders who are changing the world for the more positive she's earned an MA in spiritual psychology from the world famous university of Santa Monica and participated in the Cannes Film Festival winning documentary as a counselor to women serving life sentences in Chowchilla, California on the prison project, which is based on Viktor Frankl's work in 2007. She's so uh, phenomenal. Her whole bio is dropped below. I met her because we're featured in this book, Woman Gone Wild, the Wealth Edition together. We met in person for the first time in June in Vegas, then LA, we hung out, then New York. So we spent a whole month together, which makes me feel like I've known you through my entire life. She's up to <laughs> some amazing things in this world, and I'm honored she's taking the time to chat with me and Teresa. Hello, Barbie. Thank you. What a great intro. Appreciate it. <laughs> so I got so like, I, you know, it's so funny because now I'm back in Kamloops in my like small Canadian city, you know, of 100,000 people where there's space and fresh air and like, I know that you and I are on a billboard in Times Square, but I also kind of feel like it's a whole, like it's part of me, but it's a whole different part of me. So like, mm -hmm. I forget about it. And I, you, your intro completely like blindsided me. I was like, she's on a billboard. I'm like, wait, I'm on the billboard with her. Anyways, holy smokes. Well, you know what? Let's just dive right in. Like what, what does success mean to you? I think success is one of those things that is the, the journey and, the, and it's like it's not the destination it's the when more than half of your day is like spent just totally jamming of our time dissolves and you're just totally in your zone and you're so blissed out by the amazing things that you get to do um but also acknowledging that 
a lot of times the challenges and the tests that come up for you are there to be able to really test your metal and to be able to really see how you can have an opportunity to use your imagination and your creativity to get to the next level in a way that you never have before. So it's the never ending striving and thriving simultaneously. And when you can look yourself in the eyes and tell yourself, I love you and mean it because you are being there for yourself as much as possible. That's when it really, really resonates of where you can call yourself a personal success. And I'm definitely still a work in progress. Um, I would say most days now I have probably 60% positive and 40% negative, but ultimately just continuously to strive for that to be over those moments that are magical and they're in the direction that you want them to go in end up continuing to manifest in almost miraculous and magical ways. What a beautiful definition and also how vulnerable and real, right? Like the 60, 40, like what, what is, I mean, I don't expect you to know the data, but like, what is the average person, you know, with that positivity and looking themselves in the eyes and loving themselves and loving everything like is 60, 40, like the average, or can, can people actually get to a hundred? Like, is that even possible? Um, well, I think, so one of the companies that I co-founded in the last two years is called the infinity life. We have an eight week, um, core wound training and it's based on Dr. David Hawkins work, which is, um, power versus force. And what he did is he actually came up with the Hawkins consciousness scale and he believes, and he went to different cities around the world and he actually measured their consciousness level. And what he found was that 80% of the planet resides under 200 Hertz. And that is significant because manifestation comes at 528 Hertz, which is the, the solfeggio frequency of love, DNA and creativity and 539 Hertz is gratitude. So when you're able to be above 500 Hertz, you're literally in the like less than 10% of the population that are being really, really intentional with that. Cause there's so much fear programming and scarcity mindset that we're really, really that we're pulled into um, that it's almost like you have to reprogram yourself on the daily to be able to get there. But even um, Dr. John Martini, who I'm interviewing on Wednesday, and I was in his documentary breakthrough in Houston in May, that's coming out at the end of this year. He was talking about exactly that. He said, most even enlightened beings have about maybe the maximum of about 70 to 80% of the capacity for having these blissful moments. But even the Dalai Lama, I heard him on an interview talk about the fact that he has shitty days. And he said that he said, I have shitty days and I have to re- regroup that. So we look, we look at this kind of pedestal of people that we think, you know, that they're just always having these like blissed out fabulous days because of their body of work. And I think that's something too, that ends up happening for a lot of people is this disassociation of where when you're smile, 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 and you're like, everything's great. And everything is awesome. Everything is cool. You know, da, 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 the Lego movie. It's like when everything's just so freaking like, you know, sparkly and fabulous, the people that you really want to have in your life are the people that are going to be there when your you know, mascara is running and you look like crap and you don't feel so great because they're going to bolster you up. So I think to your point, I think that 60, 40 is probably pretty good. But my issue that I have a lot of times is that um, I just a lot of times based on previous coping mechanisms, and I'm still working on this, I have a tendency to want to check out. And that's just check out like, and it doesn't matter what it is, I can check out with all sorts of different things. Um, And you kind of go from, you know, like phase to phase to phase. Once I find myself completely fully present, 
with all the momentum that I carry as my own person, as you can see, I can command a room and I have a very big essence of big energy. Once I get to that point of where I'm able to kind of really pull all of that back, it's like we become forces of nature. We become these like total almost ecosystems of our own where people just want to basically be in our orbit because they know that when they get swept up into that, I call them Barbie bubbles. You know, once they get swept up into those Barbie bubbles, then they just want more because they have the opportunity to feel good about themselves. And if I'm walking around helping people to feel good about themselves, and then they're helping me to feel good about myself. We reflect back this law of reciprocity. It's just, that's where to me, life becomes really delicious. So many thoughts. <laughs> going through my mind as you're talking I was like nodding and being like wow like it is it is so impactful what you just shared with us and on like I, I feel like I want to just like highlight this again in these examples you brought up from some incredible human beings who so many believe are always in this you know, Zen state or always have good days because they've mastered a level of consciousness that is is remarkable. When the truth is, it's really never been about being a hundred percent in the frequency, but yeah. it is about how we course correct and how we step back into alignment when we experience those times sitting in the discomfort, going through the tough days, and not making them mean any more than that right like not getting caught up in the in the moment of density and then doing the work to really move us back into those higher frequencies like because reality is as human beings we're going to experience all of it yes it, it's it's not going to be just roses and butterflies and lollipops like all day long every day like nobody is immune to to difficulty and and also all of our emotions I mean so powerful so 60 40 how did you get to even that level like what did you do um I think I've been very intentional uh 528 hertz is my jam that's my that's my chant that's what I tone in my body I think that when you, you know, like there are a lot of people like in the Eastern religions that, you know, they tone with Om and Om is not my jam. The hue is my jam, which is the sound. And it's, it's really um, in times of stress in times of even danger or things like that in my life, I've been using that tone for the last 30 years. And a lot of, um, you know, ascended masters and other people have been using it. It's pretty much like in Judeo-Christian and also Islamic religions, pretty much if you look at Alleluia, Alleluia is three words put together. So there's Allah, Hugh, and then um, basically at the end. So Yahweh. So you've got um, Allah, Hugh, and then Yahweh, which is basically, it encompasses pretty much all, almost all the universal religions in the world. And if you look it up, the word Hugh, H-U, it's in so many different languages all over the world. And I don't think that that's an accident, something that they used to actually chant below in the mystery schools in Egypt, they actually used to chant that at night when they would go like from sun, sundown to sun up, they would actually chant the hue. And so for me, it was a miracle tone that I found. And by toning that you become almost like your own tuning fork with your body. So I'm a singer by, by nature, which Blair can attest to, but it's something of where I love that vibrato. And that's where I think that it's the actual 
essentialness of the frequency has to be pure and it has to be correct. And I don't mean in a right or wrong way. I mean it from the perspective of where when somebody cuts a key for you, that key will have six or seven etches in it, which means that it actually fits into the lock and you can turn the key. If that key is bent or it's not made correctly, you can put it in the key all you want and that door is not going to open for you. So there's a lot of people who they talk about singing the hue or they do this, that, whatever. To me, I tone it. So for me, it's it's hue and I can feel that right in my, in my energy field right there in my whole entire like energy field just kind of expands from that perspective. And it's something of where it's a very simple thing. But when I work with, with clients with energy healing, it's one of the first things that I have them do is they can look on YouTube, any other places, and they can find like hundreds of when there's live streamings of 528 Hertz, there's all sorts of, you know, videos they can listen to listening to the, you know, the tone frequencies on that. But what I found that's amazing is that when you have that in tandem with my own innate ability as an energy healer, but then also they start listening to the heal or toning it or whatever they do with it for the next 30 days. It's almost like these miracles start popping up in their lives where they're just like, wait, how is this even possible? But it's because of the accuracy of the fact that it is 528 Hertz, It's not 522 It's not 530. It's 528 Hertz. Exactly. And like this one right here, I have this tuning fork. Probably can't hear that. But it's a tuning fork that is exactly, well, that's oftentimes what's funny about tuning forks is that they are such a high frequency that they oftentimes are not registered on, um, on like human equipment. And it's funny because sometimes I'll do a, like a huge chant with people on a group and my voice and my resonance goes so high in frequency that literally it's like a dog whistle. They can't even hear me anymore. And they just go like, like, wow, you just went into outer space or something. Oh my gosh. So, I love it. Okay. So, okay. So the 528 Hertz, I wrote that down because, and you said there's like, I just looked on YouTube while you're saying that there's lots of videos and whatnot. So like how, uh, how long every day should I listen to a, um, something at 528 Hertz? Um, like, and how many days, like, tell me about a practice I, I could do, like, what could our listeners do to start vibing at that frequency? If you wanted to use yourself as an instrument, 20 minutes or less per day is the max. You don't need to do more than that. So this is not one of those things where you need to go sit up on a, you know, a mountaintop for like five hours contemplating in the lotus position. That's not it. Um, so, you know, I used to do that. I would listen to the huge chant, you know, pretty much on the, you know, on the way to work. It's something of where you can get, you know, recording of where you listen to it. So it's having that kind of in the background. Um, a lot of times if I'm having a stressful day, I put it on, you know, like basically on YouTube for a live stream. And then I can just have it in the background of where it's just kind of playing and where I'm just not even really thinking about it, but it also charges your frequency in your environment. So if you're playing it in your office or if you're playing it in your home or different places like that, you're actually doing that in your space. So what I used to do when I used to go into an office a couple of years ago, before I went to being able to do remote work is, um, I would actually play a huge chant. It was like 5,000 people that had been recorded together at an event, which was amazing. And I would play that for 20 minutes in my office. And I would just say, I'm calling forth the highest good of all concern that this day basically, you know, open up to whatever possibilities that there are. And what I found was that I had a lot of, um, you know, with like different groups that I would do for speaking workshops and other things like that and writing workshops. What ended up happening is that I would have all these things that I wanted to be able to put out with my curriculum or, you know, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the agenda. This is what we're doing this, you know, whatever. 
And then a lot of things would shift. And then the next thing you know, somebody would share something really deep or, oh, it's time for this to, to be able to come to the surface or this person wanted to talk about this. It really allows that flexibility to be able to kind of come in. And I'm not rigid in the sense of where it's like, you know, there's 10 agenda items. We must hit all 10 of them. It's like, okay, we can hit the next three, maybe tomorrow or the na- next day, because whatever energy came through is important. But it's almost like if you're saging your house, how a lot of people do that it's kind of a similar thing by doing that. You're actually programming the frequency of 528 Hertz into your office space. And I really feel like it made a huge difference because, you know, they vacuum and take out the trash, but they're not pulling out all the bad juju and all the bad vibes in your office. So then if I play that in the morning beforehand, and I do that when, when there's nobody there, obviously, I mean, because for a lot of people that's like cuckoo for cocoa puffs, but it's like, that's fine. I don't, I don't care. Cause I know it's a tone of, you know, DNA and creativity and, and love. So what's, what's there's nothing negative about that at all. And it's non-denominational. It doesn't belong to any religion of any kind. I literally cannot wait to start turning that on every, every day now. I'm like so fascinated. I mean, I, I'm like, I sage my house, like every, like, at, like at least every second day. And whenever anybody comes into this space, cause it's like a very, much a sanctuary for me right now so I'm keeping it very clean and I like I I just make sure that energy is clean like I wash my hands after client calls like I have all these practices but I I never heard of this frequency so I am like so fascinated and I like I can't wait to listen it I'm like can I make it through the end of this podcast episode because <laughs> I'm so intrigued by it um do you, would you say chanting along with it, like chanting with it and sort of having it in the heart space sort of really like sort of brings it into a full embodiment practice of that? Or is the sound itself potent enough? Like, would you say doing both is ideal or, or like, what would you say for like a complete, like, you know, beginner like me? However you want, you can also get um, a tuning fork that's 528 Hertz and something that you can ping on a regular basis before somebody comes over and then after they leave as well. Um, And I would say that testing it out to see how that feels, it does reverberate really beautifully. It's something that really feels good into the chest area. Um, Even just like when people chant OM, it's like a very similar thing of where the whole body starts to vibrate and then you become your own tuning fork. And because we're so electrical and made of water, it's something that really ends up being of where you vibrated that frequency because you're programming that in. Um, and then I think just like, you know, especially in work environments of just having it in the background. I mean, it's still, I have my white sage, you know, from the Navajo Indians and things like that, that I love to burn as well. But, um, you know, it can be intense too in that space of where it just kind of, you know, kind of comes in in that thing too. And one of the things I'm coming up with a course, which I call science of signs, which is about, um, these downloads that I've gotten for like the 10 last 10 years. And when I mean downloads, I mean, there are things that come through meditation or, or, um, you know, or when I'm really, really tuning into what the universe is trying to say. And I have never really shared it with people, but there's also fire clearings that are really, really amazing. And that is pretty much done with Epsom salt and rubbing alcohol in like a, you know, like a pie tin, et cetera. And I originally found out about that when I was at the University of Santa Monica, when we were doing our spiritual psychology, because we had these trios of where we would have the counselor, the therapist, and then we'd have the person that just held the space for the, the loving space for the people that were clearing their stuff. So we used each other as clients. And then, you know, we, we rotated around throughout the day. But as you can imagine, we had like 300 people in the graduate program 
And there was some deep stuff that was coming up for people. I mean, some really, really deep stuff. And I was a volunteer for five years after the fact where I was reading, you know, graduate papers to be able to help support their journeys. And we used to have these people that were called clearing angels. And they would come with one of those aluminum pie tins. And the beauty about the fire clearings is that they're non, you know, they're non, there's no soot, there's no smell, there's no smoke. Um, it's not flammable. I do mine on my actual burner in my kitchen and I put it on like an old, um, you know, like a cookie sheet and I have a Pyrex dish that's glass, but they would actually light that on fire. And depending on how much stuff had to be cleared in the day for what was happening with the depths of the, the work, sometimes those flames would be two to three feet high. I mean, they were, they were just like massively high and we were like, oh my God, Stop, you know, cause the air would start to feel like really, really like thick. And, and I can't really describe it, but everybody would pick up on it. Like, oh, the air is thick. We need to do a clearing. So these clearing angels would do that. But then if there wasn't very much to burn and there wasn't very much to clear, the flame would be maybe, you know, five, six inches. It would burn out in like two to three minutes. Whereas the one that's three feet high took maybe about 15 to 20 minutes. So my inner guidance told me that to take it a step further and then use it almost like when you're reading tea leaves or you're, you know, looking at coffee grounds or different people that have different divination abilities to be able to look at things. Um, so I started taking photographs of my clearings. And what I found is that depending on the color that was showing up was basically what was in my space. So it clears my entire, you know, my whole condo is completely cleared with that energy when I do that. But if I have a lot of stuff going on internally for me, it will take 15 to 20 minutes to burn out. If I only have a little bit, maybe take a couple minutes, but then adding the photography effect to it. And I did this with clients as well, where they were burning stuff on the other end for themselves as to what they were doing. So I'm going to add this as a module to my course. We would actually take photographs and like angels, angel pictures would appear, dragon pictures would appear, all these like amazing shapes and forms would, um, you know, start to, to be, be able to be in, in these photographs and some pretty dark stuff too. I, I'm just not even going to go there, but it was some like really dark energies of where it's like, you had to clear that energy out and then think that these beings were coming forward into your fire clearing to be able to help you out. But by distilling it into photographs, it told you exactly what you were working with at the moment. So by being able to teach that to people, I don't never heard of anybody talk about that before. And you guys are the first ones that I'm sharing it with, but it's still one of those things of where if you want to, you know, basically clean the energy in your space, it's a really, really big deal. And that's why like in feng shui, you, you don't buy a house where somebody died. Like a lot of people are very, you know, like superstitious and they won't go someplace where they know that there's a ghost or you know, other things like that, even though, I mean, there's, you know, spirits all around us because the astral plane is only about seven inches higher than we are. That's why ghosts are floating around or they appear to be, but it's still, there are a lot of people that have that feeling that an energetic frequency has to be right for them to feel comfortable in their space. And I'm all about that. I have crystals all over the place and constantly burning incense and doing other things like that because it makes me feel happy. Yes. Yes. Okay. First of all, I would say if you've never done the burning, like energy clearing on your own, don't try it on your own work Agreed. with someone like Barbie. Um, because like in my mind, I'm like, I want to go do that, but I'm like probably going to have like 10 feet high flames <laughs> that last an hour. So I will not be doing that on my own in my house. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that's, it's so fascinating. And I love that you add, like added your own innovative twist to that with the, the pictures. Like, I mean, I think it's fascinating and there's so like, so much to what you do. And we only have, you know, a certain amount of time in this podcast. Like how can people work with you? Like what are the various ways that you work with people that they can tap into this expertise and like passion and lifestyle of yours? 
Well, I'm definitely go to my website at barbielayton.com. So one-on-ones, definitely I've worked with CEOs and helped them to be able to, um, you know, really maximize things. I, I love helping people get dream jobs. I love helping people get their dream house. I love people helping people manifest money. Um, and one of the cool things last year was that one of my clearings helped a lady who hadn't conceived a baby for six years, who actually gave birth to a baby girl on Christmas Eve with a little Santa hat and sent that picture to me, which is amazing. And last week, my most favorite clearing was actually through a text message in a group chat of a town in Alaska that was about ready to get burnt up. And the guy told me, please, you know, help. It was a friend of mine. He said, please help if you can to the, just the group. And I sent out like energy to be able to help out. And I just said, you know what, you guys need to start putting hoses on the, on the roof for the water. Cause I grew up in Malibu and we have fires there, like, you know, a lot. My grandfather used to hose down the roof and they said, Oh, we're running an unincorporated town. We don't have an actual water source. We have to use buckets. And I was like, okay, well, let's pray for rain. Let's, let's, you know, ask, ask the universe for rain to come. And then he sends me an article the next day that says there was rain last night and the first time, like in months, et cetera. And it was just, so he just said, keep whatever you're doing, keep it up and, and keep, you know, helping out. But it's something that, can I tell you that, you know, I, I saved a town from burning up? No, I can't tell you that because I don't have definitive quote unquote proof. However, I do know that everything that I said that was going to happen or, or asking for occurred. And I was in tears. I was so moved. And, and, you know, it's like, it's such an honor to be able to allow source energy to come through me to be able to assist people with their, their, you know, their dreams and their, their goals in life, or even with their businesses. And so people can, you know, go into barbielayton.com and they can, they can sign up for that. Or I have a Calendly link of intuitive Barbie one. And in addition to that, um, I also have the, the infinity life, the infinity.life, the core wounds clearing that is a, a different price point where people can work with people that I have trained personally. And it's absolutely amazing to watch people transform in eight weeks of where they release their actual core wound. And it's like, you get this deprogramming of like this computer virus has been running you forever. Cause there's about six to eight actual core wounds that happen when all of us are children. And then we have to just constantly be, you know, working with that same thing. And that's why a lot of times people in relationships, it's like their two-year-old is coming up against their other two-year-old and it's not two adults having a relationship. It's just them, you know, butting up against their core wounds for, you know, and, and that's, that's oftentimes difficult in relationships because you're not dealing with two adults. You're dealing with two toddlers <laughs> gotten their stuff together. So there's that. And then I'm doing this course this week, which I'm planning on publishing, which I'm excited about. And then after that had people who, um, would like to have the journey continue. So I'm going to be offering an eight week course of where I'll do a live Q and a with the group. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually track everybody's signs of the way that the universe is communicating with them personally. And by being able to like accelerate that where you start to see that your life is going in this positive direction or a negative direction. And I don't think, excuse me, I know there's a lot of books on like angel numbers and dream dictionaries and things like that, but that's generic that, that you can't just say, Oh, five, five, five is transformation. Well, 555 could have been like your dad's, you know, Jersey from his race car driving days where every time you see race, you know, the 555, it's your dad. It's not transformation. So I teach people and I've, I've taught people already how to decipher the signs that the universe is talking to you all the time. And I was like this, you know, my mom used to go on these trips and she'd always be like, what, what are you doing all the time? Cause I always had like a little, like a note court reporter, like a little pad with me everywhere I go, because I was constantly writing down little notes. And even when you and I were in um, New York, Blair, one of the things that was amazing is that I 
saw a documentary about the building in New York that was built that has that glass cantilever that like, like, you know, the triangle on it and that there's a million pound pendulum inside of it that holds it from making it, you know, not sway, but it needs to sway in that direction of wherever it goes. Otherwise the skyscraper breaks. And they were talking about how they, you know, took it apart in Italy. It was 18 pieces. They put it on the ground and then they knew that it was going to be able to be cantilevered and it's at kind of an angle. And I was just tripping out on those buildings. I was like, everything starts in your imagination. Like everything, every single thing that's out there, like my shirt was in someone's imagination. You know, your, your glasses were someone's design. It's out of your t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Everything was someone's imagination. And there's so many different versions and realities on this planet and beyond. And so in my hotel room at the W, it was on the 55th floor. And from my bed with my window, I saw the reflection of our billboard, which made us look at cartoons, which I shared the video with everybody. It was hilarious. So all night long, I got to see our billboard. But that building was the only building I could see from my room. It was like, literally, if I'd been to the left of the room, another room, I wouldn't have seen it. If I'd been to the right of it, I wouldn't have seen it. But that to me is when the universe is telling me like, you go girl, you're on course, you stay on course, you're on track, you're on track. Yeah, you know that building that you were looking at, which is like this giant, you know, spiritual pendulum. I mean, they're doing spiritual stuff in architecture in New York and, and you know, with a million pound pendulum, because a lot of us, you know, I work with pendulums and it's, it, you know, it's totally fun. But that was this big message to me, like you're in the right spot. You just keep on going. And I think that's where getting those signs from the universe, the synchronicities and all these beautiful things that happen. I heard all the time that whole entire weekend, oh, my flight was canceled. My flight was delayed. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. Like you lost your luggage. I mean, there was a lot of like negativity with people with having to do with planes and stuff like that. And I just keep affirming like, nope, clear and transmute. My flight's going to be on time. Everything's going to be beautiful, et cetera. I had such a beautiful time on my way to New York. Everything was on time. On my way back, I had a free, you know, they were giving me free wine. It was just, you know, it was on JetBlue. I, you know, shout out, they were awesome. But everything was perfectly on time and it all went exactly the way it did. Can I say that I, I manifested that? Not necessarily. But every time I heard somebody say something negative about that kind of stuff, I redirected my thoughts into saying like, okay, yes, that's someone else's experience. And I'm not denying their experience, but clear and transmute, that doesn't need to be mine. And so I think that's what I really, really help people is to kind of refocus themselves back into what do you want? Like, let's fire up your dreams. Most people after 40, they lose them. They're like, what dreams? What do you mean dreams? I, I got married. I had 2.5 kids. I did this. I did that. I'm a doctor now. I did those. Yeah. So what? So what are you into medical school? If that's not your passion. And you don't like to do that. Why do you want to do that for 30 more years? Go find out what you really love to do and then find the way the universe can monetize it for you. So that's, that's for me, as you can probably hear, it just gets me really, really psyched and excited because I love to be of service to people and help facilitate their dreams and then allow that abundance mindset to be contagious for myself and others. So juicy. (laughs) This is so good. And, you know, I mean, I'm in like my own like spiritual awakening right now and really leaning into like the thing that I keep coming back to over and over is like, for me, it's really faith, like unwavering faith that I've stepped into and, and, things are happening and I keep seeing angel numbers and like all these things. And for me, it's just a sign that says you're on the right path, keep Mm -hmm. walking on the path. And when things come in my space, I I deal with it. I do the work, (laughs) I work through it. Like, you know, and I, like you said, like, it's always choosing to go back to the, the better, it's really the better feeling thoughts in some way and coming back to what that well-being is to make sure that I have the capacity energetically to be able to build 
what I'm trying to, to build and to navigate what I'm navigating. So I love this all so much. And I would love to know, um, as we're wrapping this up, Bobby, is like on somebody's path to, to manifestation, on somebody's path to, to really making their dreams come true success whichever you want to call it <laughs> what's one thing that you would give them as a piece of advice for where to start like where do we begin with this journey I think that one of the things that I really think is important is to start to love yourself where you actually are that's something that I really try to work with my clients a lot um, Blair can attest to the fact that like both of us had to stretch to be able to do all the things that we did to be a part of this book that is, you know, going to be amazing, but it's a, you know, it's a worldwide global movement. It's going to be in 46 countries in January. It's going to be in mul multiple languages, et cetera, et cetera. That was also, I think, a leap of faith to be able to just literally say, you know what, this is the right time. This is the right this. Yes, I have to stretch to be able to do this, but I can't tell you how many billionaires and millionaires and other people, I would say reading the book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which is over a hundred years old, which really has all of these ideas in the sense of where it's, it's the idea that if you can believe it, you can achieve it. And no, I can't be an astronaut at this moment. So there's a few, you know, things too, that I'm looking at, but it's like anything that resonates with you, it's getting back into the sense of where it's not deciding that you're going to love yourself once you've lost 10 pounds. It's not deciding that you're going to be nice to yourself when, you know, you get this, this, and this starting to listen and discerning that inner critic that is inside of your head is the most important thing to get to be silenced because it is that brutal voice that will literally beat you senseless over and over again and tell you all sorts of lies that are not true. And at some point in time, I think in 2020, I heard some like really negative feedback to myself. And I just said, you know what? You need to go to the corner. I am not listening to you right now. Thank you. I'm doing the very best that I can. I'm in the middle of a pandemic and you just need to go sit in the corner and shut up literally. And it was almost like my inner critic had been like this pattern interrupter was, it almost was like, it, it was like surprised. And it's like, to me, once you get that inner critic that isn't giving you all of this peanut gallery information, you start to realize, okay, is this my loving myself or is this my inner critic? And asking that inner critic to integrate with you as opposed to work against you. That is probably, there are a lot of psychologists that believe that almost there's like a subcommittee of different personalities that you have within yourself and you allow one to be dominant. And there's always one that wants to sabotage you. So you try to find an integration. You're not killing the shadow. You're integrating it because it became that dark stuff that you had to deal with when you were younger because of the fact that you had to cope with situations that you're no longer coping with now. You're just reacting to the same situations that you had when you were younger that aren't there any longer. I'm, I'm a perfect example of that. I'm still working on those, you know, compulsive behaviors that it's like, I don't, I don't want to practice them anymore because they're not from stimuli that exist any longer. So that part is take a deep assessment of where you are at the moment and fall in love with like your life at this moment, knowing that you can improve it at any moment. But the thing I think put me on the map and allowed me to become world renowned was in 2020 that I talked about extreme gratitude. And that is when you're sitting there and you're having these negative thoughts and everything sucks, 
it's, I have a bed. I'm grateful that I have food. I'm grateful for my refrigerator. I'm grateful for my shower. I'm grateful for the water company, the nameless people. I'm grateful for my internet company. I'm grateful. You just literally start stacking all these things that, you know, we take for granted in the modern world. And by the time you got into 20 things, then you can add people, pets, whatever you want to. It's almost like it just really shifted people's ideas. And I got emails from people that said, you know, this basically almost saved my life during the pandemic when I thought everything was going to like, you know, we we're all like running around like scorched earth hairs, you know, hair and fire, the world's going to blow up. So that's the thing of where when we start off with that extreme gratitude with thank you for what I have in this moment and loving yourself that you do have those things and then wanting to add next things to your life, it then can become exponentially bigger than you and opening yourself up to kind of your own inner guidance as to where you're being directed. You gut hunch, instinct, whatever you want to call it. A lot of times, you know, the universe wants more for you than you want for yourself. And that's where Blair and I are in a testament to that in the sense of where, again, for another week, we are on freaking billboards in Times Square that are like 48 feet high and have been seen by millions of people with Kim Kardashian, one of the most iconic female you know, influencers in the world that's 320 million followers. So this is the kind of stuff of where it's like, reach for the dreams that you thought that died. But people oftentimes after 40, they have to, re- they have to be reminded, you have to actually work to be able to go find what they were. But a lot of times it's whoever you were when you were eight years old or 10 years old, that is the clue as to who you truly are and what you're meant to be. Thank you so much for sharing all that. I feel like there's so much impact of what you shared with our listeners today. And I I really like, I feel like this is one of those episodes that I would like recommend listening to a couple of times because you'll pick up like different things throughout. And, you know, one of the things about what you just shared um, with where we can get started and then the gratitude practice and like (laughs) you, you shared so many incredible things is um, I've actually just picked up The Surrender Experiment by Michael A. Singer. And one of the things that really resonated and, and that sort of reminded me of what you just said is that life has, the universe has some really incredible things in store for us. And one habit that I've been practicing with that, and, it, and it's what you just said, like sometimes we don't even know how good it can get. And it's always this idea of it's going to be this or something even better. Like it's going to be this or something even better to to remain open to the possibility of what else could come in and and what a beautiful way to to go about life right to say the universe has some really amazing things in store for us can we allow ourselves to receive them and to see them and to put do the work to be in the frequency of being able to receive it and actually get there so fascinating so powerful Bobby, thank you so much. I feel like Blair wants to say a couple more words. I feel well, like I just like- wanted to say thank you so much, Barbie. Like every time you talk, there's such depth to your words. It's not, you know, a very, it's never like a very surface level answer. And you always get me thinking. And I've, I've definitely like been taking some notes about things I want to start implementing today. And I really hope our listeners, you know, can pause and rewind or pause and go back. And listen to some of the stuff you're saying because you've just provided so much insight. And I really do want to invite our listeners, like, check out Barbie's website. Like, you want to, you know, follow her, watch her show, work with her. Like, she really, she can really show you how to up level your life and live 
better, like be a better version of you. And um, it's been such a pleasure to get to know Barbie over the last I don't know, seven, eight months. And, um, you know, her and I are involved in this project and we've decided we're probably friends for life. And well, we are friends for life, not probably. Um, and I just want to thank you for coming on to Dissecting Success and for sharing a, like a very tip of the iceberg of your knowledge and wisdom with us and our listeners. So thank you, Barbie. Thank you guys. And uh, many blessings to all of your audience members. And hopefully there are a couple of nuggets that you'll take into your own life and uh, just make it more exciting. Cause it's like, why not, why not sit around and be in play and fun and childlike wonder and suspend disbelief. And what have you got to lose? Right. Exactly. And thank you to everyone for tuning in to another episode of dissecting success. We'll be back in your ears next Tuesday. Every Tuesday, you get a little bit more of me, Teresa, and her fabulous community. Peace. That's a wrap for another episode of Dissecting Success. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe to Blair Kaplan Venables and Teresa Lambert's podcast, Dissecting Success, on the App Store. And follow us on Instagram at Teresa Lambert Coaching and Blair from Blairland to stay up to date on our latest episodes, badass offers, and more.